Unplug, replug, unplug, replug, unplug, replug, and eventually it wants to work. That's why I switched to XLR because USB for microphones is not, it's convenient, but not reliable. Mm. Mm, hold on. I got to blow my nose here. <coughs> All right. Let's get this party started. Mm. <laughs> I just finished some soup, so I'm a little runny. Oh, I'm all kinds of runny. Yeah, well, there's there's probably going to be, speaking of running, probably a point in this episode where I'm going to have to go to the bathroom because I've had tea, soup, and I'm on, I've got three things of water in front of me. I'm really fighting this cold hardcore. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to stop it somehow. You're kind of recording all the time now, so if you can't talk, there's a problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. i got to power through. got to sweat it out. It's weird because it just, I was recording something last night and when I finished... My throat was a little weird. And then I was like, yeah, it's probably just because I didn't have any water near the end of that. Um, and then fine today. And then about two in the afternoon, I was like sneezing and realized, oh, I know that feeling in my head. I have a cold. Where the hell did that come from? In the middle of the summer, it's been like no colder than 80 degrees for like a month. Yeah. And I have contact with like... This- Almost zero people. Where the fuck did it come from? It's like it's snuck in the ceiling and just like, I am a cold. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> like, like slid down a rope like Tom Cruise and Mission uh, <laughs> Impossible. Like, I open your nose. I yeah, think that might be one of the first voices I've actually done on the show. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, that's all. That's what's funny. It's one of the things I want to talk about in this episode. Like, how is that idea of like that last episode that you were on? you really started to relax a little bit more than you've had in the last few years. How's that settled into your mind? Wait, say that again. I'm sorry. I just chewed. I, I, I forgot that we were recording for a second. So I put a cashew in my mouth and started chewing and didn't realize how much louder nuts sound in your mouth. Wow. <laughs> Welcome to the cashew party, everybody. <laughs> well, I thought you were laughing about nuts in my mouth. Okay. Oh, I was. So it's way louder. I'm I'm so sorry. I'm still chewing on it. What did you ask me just now? Uh, I said I was curious. At the last episode that you and I recorded together two weeks ago, at the end, about somewhere about the middle, you know, you and I had talked about how you wanted to relax more in the episodes. You just didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And then towards the end of that episode, you did. So I'm wondering in the time since then, how that has settled into your head. Do you think like, uh, you think it was just a mental block and you're like over it now? No, I think it's, um, weirdly, I don't think it's specific to the show. I think it's, it encompasses my entire life. I'm um, in the sense that, you know, for the last probably uh, three, maybe four years, um, which weirdly coincides with the length and, and breadth of the show, um, I've had to be kind of a politician um, outwardly. So I've, I've had to be, I've had to switch into a different mode uh, when I communicate with people. Um, both for my job as well as for my extracurricular activities outside of my job. And so because of that, I feel like I became unintentionally serious. Um, and for some reason, I took that voice into the show. Um, so it wasn't 
it wasn't specific to the show, but it was definitely a weird shift in my life. And now, for lack of a better way of saying it, um, I kind of just don't give a shit anymore. Good. Um, That's the way it should be. But not just about... It's not specifically about anything because I still care about all the things I do. Like, you know, I care about my job. I care about politics. I care about the show. I just don't care about catering who I am to these specific things anymore because I realize that the reason why I'm doing these things or that I'm good at these things or that I have these things in the first place is because these people or these things required me to be a part of the equation. So what the hell is the point if I'm not me inside of the equation? Right. Well, I mean, like if you look at... um I mean, you as in the audience, or to see the numbers in the show, since Tom has come on and the tone has relaxed more and I've been more myself and less focused on the structure of the show, we've had a huge dip. And we've had a huge dip. And I know exactly why, because some people, those are a lot of people that signed on when it was interviews and there was a more serious, mellow tone. Mm-hmm. And now Tom and I are talking about buttholes and bidets. And <laughs> and then you and I start relaxing. They're like, okay, okay, I'm done. And I'm okay with that. Because this is who I am. <laughs> you know, like you, you, were, you were saying you weren't felt like you weren't authentically yourself. I wasn't either. I mean, some, it, it's some of us, I mean, some of us, some part of both of us that showed up in the show was real and a part of who we were. We just weren't showing our full selves. You know, like you and I and Tom and most of the people I know, we oscillate between lowbrow and highbrow. Of course. We have a deep conversation followed by some stupid fucking joke and talking about ridiculous shit and then another highbrow conversation. I, I, I think of it like Shakespeare. You know, you have the, in all of the dramas, there was always com- comedic relief. You had to have Falstaff. You had to have the bumbling scenes. Because otherwise, you, you can't just stay up on that level. You can't just stay up there because then everything... You know, it's, it's like um, immunity. You become immune to it. Well, it's also exhausting. <laughs> yes, it is. Especially when you go as deep on the shit that we go. When I feel like part of my my unrealized sense of exhaustion about all of this stuff too definitely comes from the fact that I did have to create, not have to, but I, I, I forcibly created a persona for myself within all of these things that started to seep into my my personal life in a way that I didn't like and caused me kind of an un, un, unforeseen uh, anxiety um, about maintaining a certain facade within these environments that just got progressively more exhausting. And I didn't really realize that until about maybe two months ago. And I'm like three years deep into doing this. Well, you know, the thing about facades, this plays into a conversation I had earlier today. I had coffee with our friend Carlos. And one of the things we were talking about is, you know, like when when our generation was growing up, the mindset of what you were to do when you became an adult was different than it is now. And it's because we grew up in still in the time where factory thinking was, you know, like you signed on to a company and you worked for that company for the rest of your life. And, you know, you had to be a generalist and everything. Now we live in a world where specialization is important. And that facade is part of being a generalist. You got to have that, that facade face so that you can jump from thing to thing and you know be everything to everyone but nobody now we're learning like nobody fucking wants to be <laughs> something to everybody 
it, it's funny that you came to that phrase as well. Um, you know, trying to be things for, for certain people and having to constantly create that. Um, I, I, I realize in, in, and it, it kind of unintentionally came from a conversation with, with one of my friends too, you know, um, she discovered, for example, that I, I ate sunflower seeds and then I would spit them into this crappy paper cup. And she said that was probably one of the coolest things she learned about me because it was very humanizing. Um, because I was so, I was so plasticine. I was so practiced with my facade that I seemed inhuman. And that was really weirdly telling. Um, pretty much from that comment forward, I've been, I've been making small realizations about who I've, I've become um, in these environments and, and why I've shaped these facades the way that I have and how, how despicable they are to me in some ways. Not because any of those particular versions of me are bad, but because of how disingenuous they feel um, being only a very, in some cases, a very small part of who I am. Right. Well, I think there's also, you know, like the, there's a safety in that too. You know, it's not just, it's an emotional safety too. It's like, okay, well, it's like if you're a little kid and you pick your nose, right? You don't pick your nose in front of your schoolmates. You only pick your nose at home because you know you get made fun of for picking your nose. (laughs) It's a weird analogy, but hey, that's what I'm here for. (laughs) The weird analogies. Um, But it's, we have things like that in our personalities, right? Things that you're, it's really hard to become comfortable enough to show to other people, not to mention what we're doing, which is, I'm going to use uh, air quotes here, the world. You know, there's the little weird things, but you know what? The weird things are what are interesting. Not only, but the weird things balance out everything else. You know, that we can we can overanalyze like we are right now. We can overanalyze something. And maybe that's not super weird. <laughs> but the, the little voices that we do and things like that, that maybe you wouldn't do at work. That balances out that. It gives it, it gives it, or rounds it out maybe is a better way to say it. You know, like you said, humanizes. It rounds it out to where, you know, we're not blocks. And, and I think that, that we have the privilege of, I mean... A podcast is essentially a form of entertainment. So that makes us essentially a form of entertainers. So we have the pleasure of being able to explore those things and, and knowing that, you know, as far as entertainment, you know, quirky is probably more entertaining. Yeah, but I feel like there's, there's the other side of that too, which is um, what I don't ever want to be on this show is a character. Um, you know, the, when, when I talk to you, I want to be as me as possible. So I want to be quirky, not because quirky, quirky, quirky. I don't know what the quirky. hell the That's a, a, such a thing too. Deep Space Nine character. <laughs> quirky. Oh man. You want to be speaking, like Quark? Speaking of comic relief. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like the, the biggest thing for me in the show is wanting to be genuinely me in all of my quirkiness mm-hmm. um, and not manufacturing that quirkiness because that would feel just equally, if not more so, horrifying um than the disingenuous facade you know right exactly oh it is a facade right it is a disingenuous facade to fake quirky when you're not feeling quirky but there's also i almost said quirky too there's also oh i just totally lost my train of thought i love when that happens you know why (laughs) because it's i'm sorry by the way i'm still uh, occasionally eating nuts here 
That's okay. They can live with it. I'm drinking and I'm burp soon. I like I like when that happens when I get derailed because it's humbling. Like, oh, you thought you had something to say. Your brain didn't agree with you. <laughs> um, it had something to do with... Oh, I know. I, know, I remember now. The... One of the traps with this um, being myself thing, and I, you've you've fallen into this in the past, um, but everybody does. I'm sure I have as well. I actually I know I have as well. Not on this podcast, but in other things I did before, like vlogging. <clears throat> when people set out to share themselves, you know, like I'm going to be who I am, they conflate that or they confuse it with oversharing. You know, like, um, you know what I mean by that? Does that make sense? Like, I'm going to show you who I really am. Mm-hmm. What that means is my personality. But people mean that that means I have to tell you, you know, I'm going to take an Instagram story of me crying because that's who I really am. Except that it isn't because, you know, it's, it's like an acted part that you, you're choosing to film it and all that. But oversharing gets, gets confused with authenticity. Sure. Just be, you know, like uh, I'm going to tell you everything. Like if I sat here and told you every minute detail that happened to me today, I'm not sharing more of myself. I'm just giving you a lot of details. Sure. What is more myself is my personality and how I am and how I felt. And it's, it's easy to confuse those two because the, the line between them is very hazy. You know, I think there are people. There are some people who are just naturally really good at it, though. Um, totally. Like I think about people like um, Amanda Palmer and Neil Gaiman. Um, uh, Dave Grohl, for example, is weirdly like that to me in some way. And I could be totally wrong about all of these people. They, these all could be manufactured facades, but they don't feel that way. Um, so they're either extraordinarily good at it, or they just don't do it. Um, like we don't know anything about these people really. Um, when it comes to people like Neil Gaiman, for example, he's been pretty secretive about his life for most of his writing career, but he never seems disingenuous. And there's something amazing about that. Yeah, I think it's it's because there's when people come across as as authentic and genuine, it's because they're showing some a side or a way of themselves that you think nobody would ever show that to brag. Sure. You know, like for example, some excuse me. Sometimes when Neil Gaiman talks, he and I'm guilty of this as well. He goes on too long and he gets really boring. And it's because he's like he's wrapped up in what he's saying, mm-hmm. and he has that voice. <laughs> and to as I after going through the master class, that's why I'm thinking about this. But nobody would fake that. <laughs> sure. Nobody would want to show that unless that was really who they were because that's not something you brag about. Be like, you know what? So you're pretty tough. Guess what I am? I'm sometimes boring. What do you think about that? It's sure. not something you brag about. So that, I think that's why they come off as it's authentic because you're like, well, nobody would choose that particular thing you do. Yeah, like who the hell would make that up? Sure. Yeah. Or like uh, Amanda Palmer like talking about... Talking starkly about... Uh, having miscarriages and stuff like that. You're like, man, nobody really brags about that. That's not something people add on to be cool. Yeah. And it's, and also in that circumstance too, it wasn't really, I re, cause I remember hearing some of that and it wasn't, she didn't bring it up for the sake of bringing up. It just came up. Yeah. It was a Tim Ferriss interview. Well, she did it in a bunch of them, which 
I'm going to put that in the show notes again because that's such a good interview. It's probably the best interview I've heard maybe ever. Hmm. Um, and it's not because of Tim. <laughs> I love Tim, but he's he's a good interviewer. He's not a great interviewer. Sure. Um, anyways, now that I pooped on Tim Ferriss's head, what other popular podcasters can we shit on before this is over? Rogan comes across as fairly authentic as well. Yeah, that's true. And actually, in, in, we've talked about him quite a bit on the show and in, in for a lot of different reasons. But I think most of most of the reasons revolve around that, that sense of sincerity that it, he seemingly has about the things he's interested in and what he, he wants to pursue. You know, like he's, he's not a particular thing. He just does all of the things that, that make him happy and they, whether they tie together or not is irrelevant. Yeah, and he's putting out so many episodes and they're all live. So there's there's like not a lot of room for faking there, or at least not for over 1,300 episodes. Sure. Jeez. He's up to it, that many. It's insane. My back, God. Back to the old ones and listen, though, like who he is, it's pretty consistent over all of those episodes. So I guess at a certain point, we will be there too, where people will be able to listen to enough of these and go, ah, I can see who you authentically are because I have all of this back catalog. That helps. Yeah, that's that's weird to part of the reason why I have difficulty listening to some of our older episodes because it really doesn't feel like me. That's good though. That means you change. Yeah, that's true. Um, but but I feel like that that changes. It's a it's a forced change, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. By the way, sometimes life just gives you circumstances, and you're just fucked if you don't change. Um, so I think in this situation, for example, I think the shedding of the facade was not something that I desired consciously, but that I needed to do because I no longer had the energy or the, the emotional, I wasn't in an emotional place where I could sustain it and still be me. Right. Well, we all need that every once in a while, right? Yeah. That's why, that's why like, like derailing conversation or derailed train of thoughts or like that, derailed sentences. Yeah. I love that shit because it makes things real. You know, like when there's an accident, something happens that you didn't plan on, it brings you to the reality of things sometimes when you can, it, it takes you out of the delusion. Is a good sure. way to say it. Yeah, snaps you back. Sure. It's and I think that's and I think that's uh, that, that's one of the things. Like 2019 has been a big year of that for me, um, in the sense that I feel like I'm getting snapped back on the bungee cord um, for so many different things, and being shown the the both the good and the bad of what reality looks like when all of the facades are gone and the band's gone home and the music's turned down, and you're sitting there in in a room surrounded by your things and your people, and having to make real accurate and and in some cases, gut wrenching decisions about who these things, who these people are, and what these things are in your life. You know what really matters to you, and who are you really? You know, like I, 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 I don't really call myself a writer anymore because I don't write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we'll get to that topic, considering that I want to talk to you about the sudden change that you're making in the novel. Um, but you know, I. I I, I, at some point, these these points of pride, these pedestals that we have for parts of our personalities or parts of our past, need to 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 be shed away because they no longer have consequence. You know, they no longer have any meaning in your current life. So, 
why why the fuck do you still tout them? You know, is it is it for confidence sake? You know, is it to maintain your esteem about a certain thing? You know, I, I I'm probably more of a poet than I am a writer. And for anyone who who is a who who doesn't really clearly understand the distinction, once you're a writer, you'll know the difference. There's a huge difference between those things. And I now am getting sick and tired of, of, of saying the things that I'm not. And I'm really happy about the things that I can say that I am. Well, you know, it's, what's very interesting, I don't know if you heard the solo episode that I put out on Monday. I think, I'm pretty sure, this is going to be an ongoing theme, I'm pretty sure, from now on, me doing recording five days a week, me not remembering which episode <laughs> I said what in. It was either that or it's the, the Patreon episode I did on Tuesday. But I was talking about um, see, so I derailed again. I'm sick, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that to everybody. I, I, yeah, I did. I sneezed. I I blew my nose at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um. Shit, that one's gone. Oh man, that was. I feel like that was a good one too. It was something about and something you mentioned in an episode prior to, and it came from me just talking about how I wanted to shed the things that I wasn't. Oh yes, there it is. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the reality, people. We could edit this stuff out and seem way cooler, but why nah. bother? I think um, we're way cooler for not editing it out. It's real. It happened. I lost plus, my Plus shit. one of the things I'm weirdly proud of is that I have probably the longest attention span of anyone I've ever met in my life. I can continue conversations I've had with people from years ago. Mm, you should use that to your advantage with chess. Oh, I play chess and I'm pretty good at it. Before I forget though, what the thing was... I had to in it came to me in the middle of recording the episode. I'm pretty sure it's the the Monday episode because it was a longer episode um than the Patreon ones. I realized that writer as identity is not my number one anymore. Podcaster hmm. is. Interesting. Um and the reason I realized that is because when I think about a, a topic you know, whatever topic it might be, something that's worth making into something, right? It doesn't matter what it is. I know I can turn on the right, the microphone and, and do something with it. But only certain things do I feel warrant writing, warrant the work of writing. Whoa. There it is. Oh, big one. Yeah. Is that making sense? Like, for example... Yeah, uh, totally. Dropbox thing that I talked about on my the first bonus episode that I did recently. I did not want to write that piece. I'm like, I don't care about this enough to write it, but I'm totally down to record a podcast on it. Sure. And what that means to me is I like doing podcasting more than writing. That the writing, I have to earn the writing. But the podcasting, I'm like, fuck, I'll do it. What, oh, you want to talk about that? Okay, fine. We'll talk about that. I don't give a shit. And that's an interesting change in identity. Yeah, that's an interesting shift because you could, I mean, I'm fairly certain that even as of two years ago, you couldn't have said that. As of like four days ago, I couldn't have said that. (laughs) (laughs) I think think we always kind of knew though, Chad, you've been heading that way for a long time and you're just finally coming to that realization. I think it's one of those moments where like, I've realized, I've, I've realized, um, Suddenly, because everyone in the world around me tells me, "Hey, you're a pretty good musician, Lem. You should probably do music stuff." Um, I I didn't really consciously realize that, even though I've literally been doing it every day for the past three years of my life. Well, I think the thing about it that's maybe 
hard for, well, was hard for me to accept about it is it has nothing to do with, for me, where I'm better. I know I'm a better writer than I am a podcaster. I'm a good podcaster, but I know that when it comes to writing, I'm much better. Yeah, but what do you care about? I care about both of them. It's just a matter of what... It's a matter of ranking. I mean, they're still my one and number one and number two. It's just that I'm willing to do anything, any idea for podcasting, but only certain ones am I willing to do the work to write. That's why, like, I don't, I've, I've always want, liked the idea of blogging, but have never really been consistent with blogging because I don't like the idea of taking something and writing and going, I'm not really that into this. Hmm. You know, whereas a journalist, like a journalist, fuck, man, how many articles a week do they put out? Sure. They're just fucking writing machines. And I'm not that. Like this novel, I want to finish this novel. But, you know, a couple blogs this week about random things that have popped in my head. Fuck no, I'm not going to spend my time on that. And that's weird. But I'm totally willing to turn on the microphone and do it. Hmm. And, it's, and it seems easier to me, too, because it's so natural. Hmm. How long have you felt this impulse? To be able to just record about anything? Mm-hmm. Mm, probably. I feel, like, I feel like this is relatively new. Yes. Probably sometime after Tom joined the show and just like balancing, like, oh, I started realizing what I, what I started to realize when, when he was on the show, I'm like, I realized why you, why I wanted you and I to try that uh, second episode a week. And actually, this is in my the, the new introduction I wrote for my Patreon. I spend a lot of time conflating things on this show with what? You know, like, what's the name? What's the topic? What's this? Because I had this sense of dissatisfaction. Like, I was getting something that I wanted, but I wasn't getting exactly what I wanted. Mm. And it wasn't a question of what. It was a question of how much. What I wanted was to do it more. That I wasn't getting enough of it. And once I started doing the episodes with you and with Tom, that dissatisfaction went down. And I realized, I'm like, oh, it's because I'm doing it more. Mm. Well, if I want to get it down even more, I want to do more. Just and do, it all, the, do it all the damn time. Sure. Yeah. And then the moment that I, I thought that, I was like, yes. And it wasn't, there's a, there's a great, there's a guy named Derek Sivers who's been on, speaking to Tim Ferriss again, who's been on Tim Ferriss. And I just, he re, I think the episode he was on recently was a replay mm -hmm. of an old episode. So I think he's only been on once. But one of the things Derek Sivers is known for saying is if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. And when I thought of that idea of recording that many times, it was a hell yes for me. Huh. Whereas writing that much would not be a hell yes. It would be a hell no, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. I mean, if you translate it that way, then that means that, you know, if you had to write as often as you podcasted, there's no way you would do it. No way. Not at all. I've tried it before. Remember when I was doing the daily journals? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I just couldn't hold it up. And it was just. How, how did vlogging feel in comparison to this? In comparison to this, uh, vlogging... Because you did that continuously for a really long time. The beginning of vlogging was very genuine. Mm -hmm. 
And then at a certain point, it became a mountain to climb. And then after that, it was just a, I'm doing this because I said I would do it thing. Mm. Sheer force of will at that point. But I was never, I never, even from the beginning, did not like being on camera. Mm. And I mean, that's the whole thing of it. And every time I'd watch episodes, I hate looking at myself. And it's not because I'm super shy. Like I'm willing to be interviewed on camera for things like that. But it just, there wasn't the time to manicure the way it looked, you know, like make myself feel good with the way it looked and be on camera, you know, and do it every day. So there were certain things that are sacrificed. Like, oh, wow, I recorded that scene with food on my lip. Mm. So not cool. And I mean, that's part of the reason, like, I don't have any interest of posting pictures of myself online. Like, I don't really give a shit if people look at my face. Sure. I don't think I'm hideous or anything. It's just, I'm not interested in that at all. Sure. You don't have the impulse to do it. Yeah. I'd rather... Hey, there's enough vanity being exercised in me recording (laughs) my voice and sharing it with the world with my opinions. So I think I get enough vanity from that. Hmm. Do you really think of it as vanity? Not completely, but there's definitely an aspect of it because it's not... I wouldn't say it's an unhealthy vanity, you know? Okay. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. There's an there's a certain audaciousness, right? Yeah, because I, I I have that same feeling about music sometimes, and I'm trying to I'm trying to talk it out with you, I guess, unintentionally here. Well, explain more then. Um. So the I've been doing music stuff a lot more. I've been playing piano um, and and working with other musicians on creating stuff. And there's a part of me that feels weirdly vain about it because I know that I'm decent at it. Um, and I like getting the the validation of people telling me, "Oh, that's really good." But I don't, I I don't ever want that to feel unhealthy. Um, and I feel like because I'm conscious of it potentially becoming unhealthy, which I assume in its in its extreme extrapolation of um, is why fame inherently destroys personalities. Um, I want to make sure that, and I'm not thinking that I'm at some point going to get famous or anything like that, but I definitely want to feel like I'm in it for the right reasons. Um, and I struggle with that sometimes, you know, there are moments where I definitely feel like I'm, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, but for the most part, I feel like I'm doing it for the right reasons. That's why I think it's so important. I've, I've pushed you and Tom so hard that I think it's so important that you guys have Patreons because when you, like in your case, I, I, Tom, I don't think Tom has done this, um, at least as far as I know. Um, like when you record something and you put it on Patreon, I mean on Patreon, on Instagram, you know, you record a piano piece, you put it on Instagram, you're more likely to veer into doing it for validation. Whereas putting it on Patreon, Patreon requires work, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're going to put that stuff up there and it becomes a business in the sense that you gotta, you, you're you going to get people over there to look at it and you're going to get people to subscribe and you got to do the work to do that and you have to do the work to do the posts. Whereas with Instagram, you can record something on the piano and then not do it for like three weeks and then just randomly do it on a whim when maybe um, like I would do sometimes with guitar stuff when I felt like I needed a little injection of validation. Mm. Whereas with the Patreon, you can't really do it for validation. You're doing it because it's work and you've, you've, you've put this creative work in front of you. And the, that's why I think it's so important. People give things away for free. And when we're giving things away for free like that on social medias, 
We're doing it for popularity. Sure. That's, that's it. The, that's the currency there. Yeah. We're doing it for likes because there's not a goddamn thing else you get from it, right? Sure. They, they don't, Instagram doesn't pay us and the people on Instagram don't pay us. So while some people would say that doing things for money is dirty, they're idiots, first of all, because <laughs> why shouldn't you do something? If you do something well, why shouldn't you be supported? But when you do it for that, it can feel dirty at first, but it's actually really honest. Like I'm doing this work. I did the work to sit down and play this. Now, how people judge how much work that is or how much effort, which are two different things, by the way, it's going to be different for everybody. But the people who value that then are willing to exchange that. And that's, that's that's an equal partnership. Whereas we're using people for validation. We're literally using them. Sure. And that's where I think that that insidious, you know, that that vanity thing that you're worried about, I think that's where it comes from. It's because we've we're we're taught that the social media aspect of it is normal, but it's not, and we all know that. And so there's a little voice inside of us that feels that. Sure, and that makes sense. And I'm not saying that you can't put things like that on Instagram, but like like what I had suggested to you before, like if you cover a song. You put the full version on your Patreon and then you clip out 30 seconds and put it on Instagram as a commercial. Now you're doing the work for the work that you did. Mm -hmm. And it just makes more sense. But what the fuck is Instagram ever going to give you? Yeah, true. You have this talent, but what is Instagram ever going to give you? The amount of work you have to do to get to like a million people on Instagram where you could even think about being considered like an influencer... What then you're gonna get paid for like showing products like I waxed the piano keys with this today. It's funny that you say that because um I've been having this ongoing conversation with a few of my friends about how much I hate the word influencer um and how how total bullshit I think that it is um and part of that is because i, I in one of my things um it's funny that we're talking about this because I feel like one of the the examples that I have that works really well is my golf Instagram. Somehow that exploded, um, became a huge thing, you know, tens of thousands of followers. And I don't really know why. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was a, I think it was because it was genuinely me and because I, I, you know, but I occasionally get, get the, you know, uh, requests to, show off a product or, or sponsor something or something like that uh, because I'm quote unquote a social media influencer. And I'm so, I, I'm, I'm so despised by that term. Like I hate even being called that. Um, it, feels, it feels so dirty to me. It's like being a reality star. Like how can you possibly find any semblance of value in that? Um, and, and so I have, I don't know. It's, 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 it feels very disgusting to me. Um, and I'm not saying that it that... is because it's something that you you gain by being authentic, and now people want you to exploit that by becoming inauthentic. Yeah, and and I and I've drawn a hard line in the sand with most people. Like, if you send me your product and they hate it, I'm going to tell people. <laughs> right. You know, so that's the that's the anytime anyone asks for anything on my my golf Instagram, my response is almost instantly that, which is better prepare yourself because if you send me something and I don't like it, I'm not going to be shy about it. Right. And that's the way. It, that's the way it always should be. These these product people they should have to take that risk. Sure. 
they should have to take the risk because you know what? Then they'll stop making shitty products because they'll be too embarrassed to get people to talk about them. Or they'll actually take considerations of the consumer or criticism from the consumer seriously and make a better product. Better product. Right. Like Apple does that all the time. But somebody, you know, like the somebody, all these tech reviewers talking about like the problem with the iPad is because the files app doesn't do this and this. And then they dropped the new iOS and it was like, here's all those things that you complained about. We fixed them. Boom. You get something better. I've now switched to gummy bears, by the way. Um, so I will That's chew crunch. them. I will chew them slowly. Yeah. Yeah. We just want you to know that he's not slowly chewing the side of his mouth right now, mm-hmm. which it could sound like. It so could. Let's talk Patreon for a minute. You got yours up? Mostly. You have I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like 80% done, yeah. What was that process like? You know, like what getting yourself to sit down and do it. Was there a voice in your head that didn't want you to do it? Well, it fights against a couple of things in me, right? Like, um, they, for, I'll talk about them individually. I knew you were going to ask me about this. Um, bet your ass I am. <laughs> well, it, definitely betting your ass. Betting your ass should be one of the tiers. Um, mm. So first thing was, I'm trying to use my laptop as little as possible. Um, beyond that, I'm trying to use my iPad as little as possible. Outside of that, I'm trying to use my phone as little as possible. And so I had to figure out a way to do all of these things um, that I needed to for the Patreon while figuring out what level of device I needed to in order to achieve what I needed to achieve without having to dive fully back into technology in a way that I felt was unhealthy for me. Um, I settled ultimately on the iPad, which the Patreon interface is okay, um, but it's definitely not great compared to the laptop laptop. version. Definitely better on a laptop. Um, I don't even bother on the other ones. But I I definitely tried to do it 100% on my iPad I originally tried to do it on my iPhone and that was just impossible. I mean, it's, the interface is just... And it's not meant for that, so I understand. Um, but the level of, of, of meticulousness and, and just crappiness on, on the iPad when it comes to being a creator and having to figure out the backend stuff for Patreon is just a huge pain in the ass. Um, but I managed to do it. And I still feel... So here's, here's my real issue with it. And this is the reason why I was resistant for so long. It's because right now in my life, I'm making a lot of really big changes, um, a good number of which require a lot of energy and time from me. And I was scared about committing to doing things for the Patreon because it's, it's something that I feel a pressure to consistently do because you're right. I mean, it's not just... It, it, it's, it's an exchange. You know, the currency is creativity. It's yeah, it's a business. And I, considering my... my my feelings on business and how I want to deliver a consistent product to a customer. Um, I had a hard time committing to it because I did not want to let people down in that respect. And, and that shows in, in your description. Yeah, definitely. That's and I need to re- commitment shows there. And I really need to rewrite my description in order to do that. But that also then brings me to the real question of how can I really commit to it? You know, like, I mean, a, a day like today is a good example, right? Like I'm getting home at eight o'clock at night. I, my day started at seven o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, my day yesterday, for example, started at 5.30 in the morning and didn't end until, geez, 9 p.m. Uh, you know, I barely got home at 10 o'clock. And, and that for anyone who's doing the math is consistently a 12 to 15 hour day because I have so many other things that I'm doing that I want to make sure that I can commit the amount of time necessary or not even just the commit the amount of time, but have the energy I need in order to commit that amount of time. Here's what I have to say about that. 
um, your your back ass words in the sense that um, and this is just a recent revelation for me when you know like I'm recording five days a week now and it doesn't feel like work not because I'm special not because I have more willpower than anybody else which I think I'm going to stop on that one real quick. The reason people think that they need to do these things and the reason that they're afraid to commit to these things is because they think it requires willpower. But the reason you're back asswards is because if you're doing the right stuff on there, the stuff that really feeds you, you won't be able to stop yourself from doing it. I, I, have, a, I have a counter to that. I don't disagree with you, um, but I, my financial situation and my my having to unravel some old things from a business partner and a few things that are completely out of my control make it so that I can't I can't help but build solutions for very specific things and I need to do them quickly. Um, Without getting into too much detail, I don't have a lot of choice in those things. And it's not about choosing a career path. It's not about doing a certain thing because I want to do it or don't want to do it. These are things I have to do and I have no choice in. Okay, but let's think realistically here. You're talking about doing music. That's the first thing you put on there. You even capitalized it. Music. Mm-hmm. You tell me that you don't have five minutes a week? Five minutes. That's how long a song is. If you don't have five minutes a week, to record one song, at least one a week, for your Patreon supporters, and maybe you should delete it today. Well, I mean, because your life is fucked if you don't have five minutes a week. Well, my life is kind of fucked, um, but it's not five minutes a week, Chad. It's it's hours. No, it's five minutes. No, I mean, sit what you think I can just piano, sit play. down and literally figure out a song and and play it completely perfectly in like five minutes? That's physically impossible, man. Come on, I'm not asking you to play it physically perfectly, and nobody else is either. You're not creating an album, Lamb. You're yeah, I creating suppose. music. Yeah, but I, I think piano and say, "Let's see what comes out today." Put your fingers down and play. If you fuck up, you go, "Hey, I'm fucked up today," and then come back the next day. Well, I think the realistic expectation um, about this is somewhere in between where you think it is and where I think it is, uh, because I don't think you're 100 percent right on this either. Because I do sit down at the piano, and it's 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 not it's like learning a foreign language. Um, that you used to speak very well, that you used to be fluent in, you know, like the piano for me was my voice for a very long time as an artist. Like if you asked me at any point in my life, in my teen years and into my early twenties, I would have said that the most, the most important creative outlet that I had was music. And then it got shelved for over a decade and I'm just reawakening that now. And so a lot of what's happening with music in my life is that I'm relearning who I am as a musician. And that process is, is difficult enough to do much less document while I'm doing it. Why don't you just turn on a camera when you sit in front of the piano and document that process of learning what it's like to be a musician? Because the way you describe that is far more interesting to me than you going, I worked for many hours on this song and here's the final result. I'm far more interested in listening and watching you get better and rediscover that. So if you're already doing it, just turn on a camera because you're already doing it. Yeah, that's true. 
I mean, that's the, that's my point. It's not just, you know, like the, it should, there's pull and there's push, right? You have to push to get something done. Then it's not authentically what you want to be doing. But if it is, it pulls you. I didn't, in my mind, logically, I didn't want to record five times a week, but it kept pulling me. I went from one to two and then I was like, I'll do three. And then once I said three, I'm like, fuck it, I'm doing five. Might as well do five. Yeah, sure. Because yeah, what are those two days off going <laughs> to Yeah, what's, the, what's the point at that point? Yeah, I mean, other than having more time to edit, I guess. And it's in, well, I don't edit. You know, like, oh, that's true. Yeah, you just put stuff up now. Especially the Patreon stuff because the Patreon episodes are shorter, you know, because the topics are just like, I'm talking about this one topic. It's not like a show like this. So I just turn on the mic, I talk into it. <laughs> I don't have an intro, I don't have an outro. I just talk into it, I title it, and I post it on the Patreon. You know, a part of it is for me is that I feel like because people are paying for it, that it has to be a certain level of quality or entertaining. That's not what and, they want. Oh, I, I get that, but I have to get past that hurdle. Yes. And because, you know, and that's, and that I think is the biggest thing for me. And the reason why I've, I've been so hesitant about doing it is because I want to create a certain level of quality, not realizing that the quality itself is completely irrelevant to the process. And to some degree, detrimental. Yeah, I guess. Well, if you if you go by what I just said as as me being someone who's going to be one of your patrons, mm-hmm. I'm far more interested in seeing you go through the difficult process where you're going to make mistakes and and have to start over and things like that that you're already doing when you're naturally practicing. Mm-hmm. I'm far more interested in that than hearing the perfected version only. Because of that, that means if you only gave the perfected versions, you're making something inferior as far as entertainment, as far as, as wanting to support that, as far as people's interest. And that's, that's, that's the thing that I learned from the Amanda Palmer thing that sent me on this whole Patreon journey. That's what she does on there. She puts up stuff that she's working on. And then when it gets to the place where she's like, this is done, then she sells it to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's amazing. You know, it's like I'm pleasing these people and they're supporting me to do this part, the work, the hard part. Yeah. The rest of the world is supporting me for the finished product. Yeah, that's a good point. You think of it. Yeah, I never I never really thought about it that way. It thought about it that way. Like Amanda Palmer is kind of one of my heroes too, so that kind of works. Well, when you think about it, think about it this way. People on Patreon are paying you to sketch. The rest of the world, somebody's gonna pay for the painting or the drawing. Sure. So get comfortable with sketching. And that's why I'm saying you got you have five minutes. You're already playing the piano. Just turn on the fucking camera. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I'm playing more than five minutes. I, it, basically every chance I get, I'm playing. So I just so I just have to get used to like carrying a tripod and a camera or my phone around with me and just being ready to record anywhere I am, anytime I'm doing it. Yeah. Which is which is probably the equivalent of about at least two hours a week. That's a lot of Patreon. That's more than I'm putting out. Yeah. Hmm. I'm putting out two episodes a week. Yeah. That's two hours. I mean, I'm not saying you should put up all two hours if you don't want to, but even if you only put up half of that, you're putting up more than I am. Shit, if I only put up 20 minutes of it. Hell yes. All right. 
how I'll, I'll 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 have a I'll have a talk with myself about this and 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 because that that's part of the reason I have a hard time with the tears is because of this too. So now I that know I'm, that's I'm why I keep it, bugging you about it because I, I know I know you really well, Lim. <laughs> I know you know me really. We talk for hours every week for the last four years, and that's why I want to talk about this an episode and talk about it in front of people because you are entering this with a defeatist attitude. You're entering it with a sure, I'll try this. The Eeyore fucking attitude. That's not going to get you anywhere. And yeah, it's but make you miserable, and it's going to make you dislike yourself. And it's not, but it's not specifically because of just. It's not specifically because of Patreon. Um, no, it's not. It's because it, it, you're afraid it, to create publicly. No, that's not it either. Honestly, uh, that that is one of the weird fears that I don't have about doing um, this kind of thing. Hmm. Um. Huge, huge breakup, crazy business stuff, gnarly financial stuff, um, health scares, um, redefining my life and having to rethink a lot of the things that I'm doing, hate my job, all that stuff, like all the standard stuff, right? All of that happened at once. And so the defeatist attitude you hear from me, consistent or not, is a defeatist attitude that I'm trying to shed after having my ass handed to me for the last, God, six months of my life. Um, and I, I realize that it's there. I'm aware of its presence. And I understand that I'm in the, I'm in the trough of it at this point. Um, but I also know what it looks like to climb out of that. I always, I, you know, it's not the first time I've been, I've been knocked down. Um, although it's been the most consequential version of, of it that I've had in my life, it is by no means the only time it's ever happened. It's, it's funny because... A lot of people will say things like um, they make the assumption that it's about fear or performance or putting out something of quality or whatever it is. That is not it with me. I don't care about that. You know, I could sit down in front of a room of a thousand people and play piano right now. I could give a shit less and I would love every second of it. But it's about getting rid of the attitude itself because it's not about what I'm producing. It's not even about what I'm capable of producing or whether I think it's good enough. That never enters my mind at all. But I have to get rid of the the idea that I'm losing. I know that's a really weird thing to say, but that's what I feel like. And that's what I felt like for a significant portion of my, my the last six months of my life. That's a defeatist attitude. Yeah, well, yeah, I know that. I'm, I'm, full, I'm fully aware of that. I know that. But I mean, it's been a rough year, man. <laughs> well, you know what? what I, when you rewrite your about, that list of shit that you said that's been handed to you, you know, you gave us that list right there. Mm-hmm. That needs to be in that description because when you were listing that stuff off, I wasn't thinking like, oh man, oh man. You know what I was thinking? Like if you said, somebody said, what's your music about? And you said, Bre- breaking up in a relationship, um, medical scares, financial problems. If you gave me that list, I'd be like, I want to hear the fucking music. Oh, sure. That makes sense. Because if the, if you're able to find a way to channel all of that into music, Fuck, there's another way to, you know, we, t- we talk about multi-purposing things. You know, like I, you and I were talking, you and Tom and I were talking about uh, music for the solo episodes. Well, if I do solo episodes on Fridays and you guys want to do music underneath, you can take that music, take my voice off the top of it, you know, just take the original music track. And now you have something that you've made for your Patreon supporters. Sure. That you're already doing. Oh, I, and, and it's not that I don't know these things intellectually. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's funny because I, 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 I would tell myself the same thing. And I do tell myself the same thing. 
you know, everything that you're, you're, you're saying to me now is something that's logical. Um, and based on, on, on a knowledge of me as a person that is, is inherently deep considering who you are and how often we talk about stuff like this, you, you probably know me better than 99% of the people in my life. There might be two people on earth who know me better than you. Um, but given that that's the case, there's still, there's still getting past the emotional rut that comes from that. And although I feel like I'm out of most of it, it still seeps into some of the things that I do. And it's not to say that I'm not fighting it. You know, I'm actively trying as best I can to not be defeatist. You know, I, I, I try as best I can to... Like there was a period of, of time over the last couple of months where I, was, I, I couldn't even sit down at a piano because it was so emotionally jarring to let it out. You know what I mean? Um, and I will say now that like the stuff that I've been able to do on piano since then has been very, very honest in a way that I've never been musically before. And I, I get what you're saying. I totally understand it. But getting past the feeling of the world kicking your ass is a lot easier said than done, even for someone who's aware that it's happening. Right. But at the same time, you have to realize that life handing your ass to you for, a, for an artist... Isn't, it's an opportunity. Sure. No, I get it. it's a fucking gift. I suppose Nick Cave's son died and he recorded one of the best albums his fucking career. And I just read one of his email things the other day about that. And he said, it's weird to say this. He says, but it's the biggest gift that was ever given to me in my life. I get that, but I I have to get past it first. (laughs) You have to get past it by starting to believe that instead of believing. No, Chad, Chad, it's not, it's not, it's not that I believe that I've lost. That's not it. I'm just still smack dab in the emission, in the emotional density of it. Well, and, you know what would be the worst thing to lose? Hmm. On top of all of that, if you also lost your ability to do the things that you actually want to do, that if you let if you let those things stop you from creating the things you've always dreamed of creating, that's the ultimate loss. Well, so that's not ha- but that's not but that's not what's happening. You know, in, in this situation, it, that's not what's happening. The opposite's happened. You know, like I, I, I probably play piano more in the last six months than I have in the last five years. Um, the, the, what I'm trying to say is that you got, in this moment, right now, I mean, I'm, I'm on the tail end of it, so it's not as omnipresent as it has been, but it's crushing. It's, 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 it's depressing in a way that I can't really describe and, and that I don't probably make very obvious on this show because of the facades thing we were talking about earlier. You know, I, I present a certain face on this show and I'm sure people have heard me talk about some tough stuff that I've gone through on this show, but to describe the emotional impact of it, to, to really describe the severity or the gravity of it is something that's really hard to get across. Um, and I've been living in that for a a significant amount of time, you know, like the, the financial stuff and and the relationship ending and, and, and some of the health care stuff takes a really heavy emotional toll on you. Um, and in a way that I, I, I can't describe having them all happen at the same time. I'm sure I'm not the only person who experienced stuff like this. So I'm sure my, my experience, although severe is not inherently unique, um, so it's not to say that I'm letting any of this stop me from doing anything. That's beyond, that's not it at all. Otherwise, I would have said, hey, Chad, I'm not doing the show anymore. I'm going to burn my piano. I'm going to stop writing. I'm not going to take pictures anymore. I'm going to sell all my cameras. I haven't done any of that. In right, fact, I've done the, the opposite time, of all of that. You were just, I mean, the reason we went down this whole 
route right now is you were saying that was preventing you from doing something. It was preventing you from making your Patreon. No, so it's because I'm... It is. Chad, Chad, it's because I'm fucking exhausted. And that's what I'm trying to get across. It's not that, it's not that I don't want to do this stuff. It's that I'm so tired emotionally that I, could, I fight my way through my days. I fight my way through every second of my days right now. That's why I'm saying record the stuff you're already doing. Well, I, I get that. I understand. I, I, I feel like we're just going to go in circles on this stuff. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> I am. I know what you're capable of, and I'm not letting. I, you. I, under, I understand that, but I'm. I, I. I will. I will tell you now that when I sit down at the end of these days, especially on some of the harder days, like yesterday, for example, was one of those harder days. Like I have to force myself to do the things that I do in a very conscious way. And I, I don't want to let any of, things, any of these things beat me. I don't want to let the world dictate my circumstances or my choices. You know? And so because of that, I have to will myself to do these things daily. And at some point, it will get to the point where I don't have to do that anymore. Maybe it'll be a, every other day or weekly or whatever it may be. But I'm still fighting through the emotional gravity of all of it. And that's a, that's a hard thing to... The, the Patreon doesn't feel that fucking important to me when I'm thinking about that. You know, it doesn't feel that important to me when I'm, I'm thinking about my mortality and trying to figure out how the fuck I'm going to uh, solve my health problems with, with having to figure out all of my financial stuff. Because of course, they all go hand in hand. All of these things affect each other too. Um, and, and, and in those moments, I don't even care about Patreon. I don't care about much else other than how the fuck am I going to survive that day? You know what I mean? And I, it's not that I don't understand what you're saying. Like, Also, the weird thing is at the end of some of these days, I'll go home and I'll sit down and I'll just basically smash my hands on a piano for an hour. And that's what you're telling me I should record. And I get that. You know, But in that moment, I don't have that as, as a conscious habit yet. And until I do, and until the Patreon has a sense of value with me when it comes to how I record that and how I share that, I, I need to connect those things in my mind. And until I do, it's not going to feel right. That's just, it's a process, man. It's like you coming to this whole, fuck it, let's record five days a week thing. You know, like it's, it's a process for me and it's a process of understanding. It's a process of understanding, not just my, myself, but what Patreon means to that. You know, what, what being a patron means, um, like me having the idea of me having a patron, for example, is still an odd idea for me. You know, even though I inherently intellectually understand it, there's there's a certain emotional weight um, and 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 a relationship that gets built there that I'm trying to understand for myself. Like I, I want to understand what that means to me. Like, do I want to share the 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 emotional density of the stuff that I'm doing artistically? I feel like I do, but do I really want to do that? And that's a question I have to ask myself too, as well. You know. There's a certain point, and I'm not saying that this is 100%, but there's a certain point where we all allow ourselves to focus on the things that are beating us. And we, it's hard to know when we are really at our limits on things. And to really understand that, yes, I, okay, today I can't do this. But then there's a day where you can and you tell yourself you can't because you couldn't the other day. 
And to understand that's my whole point is to say that there isn't five minutes or 10 minutes in a week where you are capable of doing it is bullshit. And I'm going to call you on it. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I just have to care. Yes, you do. And that's, and that, and that's, that's, that's the that's way out of that hole is and learning that, to care and, again. And, that, and that's what I'm getting at, Chad. It's not about logistically feasible. Of course, I know I can do it. It's that I have to get out of this emotional space so I can give a shit. Well, I, I think that giving a shit is what gets you out of that emotional space. I think they go hand in hand. I think, I think, they, I think they both work hand in hand. And I don't think you can have one without the other and vice versa. Well, if you have something that you care about to do, then that's something that's not losing. Then you're, not, you know, you're talking about all this stuff that you're losing. If you have something that's winning, that be, that battles that. That's, that's the whole point. Well, and that's the, and and that's and that's the reason why I'm doing all of the things that I'm doing. I'm still playing piano like an hour a day, you know. And and so I, I get what you're saying. There's a connection point that I have to make there. But it's not to say that I'm just living in the shittiness of losing all the time. I'm actually actively trying as best I can to win at as many of the things I care about as possible. I just have to connect them all. Right, which is the best fucking description of something that somebody would want to listen to. <laughs> that was a weird-ass burp. That was a weird-ass What ass the fuck burp. was that? That was hot and spicy soup mixed with LaCroix. Oh, that's that was... That was a sound. <laughs> it was, it's like you're summoning Cthulhu. <laughs> I just did not expect to fucking hear that. And to flip this whole thing over, I'm going to tell you about how I'm fucking destroying myself with fucking creativity right now and not in a good way. Okay. Sure, sure I'm recording five, five days a week. Fine. Okay. Well, right now it's only four days a week because I haven't done a Friday episode yet. But when it comes to the novel, <laughs> my God, man, that's just... That's that's and that's why maybe maybe some of my feeling about that is bleeding into this the conversation with you about your Patreon because I know I should be working on this novel more and I'm not sure and I mean I explained this to you briefly in text message but and literally just right before we did this published an episode of Pants in the Chair for the Patreon supporters where I talked about this more in depth but we'll talk about it here too. I found one thing that was wrong or that I could fix in the novel. I'm trying to, I don't like giving details about the novel that's not done. So let me say, what's, what's, what movie or book do you think has the best story that you can describe in like one sentence? Oh, geez. You know what I mean? Like, like one of the examples, like Moby Dick, Dude Chases Whale. Um, Odyssey, the Odyssey, Man Comes Home From Work. That's one of the ones I mentioned in the episode too. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so that's story, right? Mm-hmm. That's the story. The plot is the shit that happens. And people conf- com- confuse the two of those. The problem with my book is that it has a plot, but it never had a story. Huh. And I knew that. I think I knew that for a really long time, which is why it was so hard to get through certain parts of it. And I figured out something that I can do. Like, it, so this the situation with the with the character in the book is he has a brain issue. You know, he's had he starts the story with the brain with the brain surgery. Yeah, there's there's something that comes out of that that I wasn't doing. That if I did, it gives the story a, 
in the whole book a story. Like, oh, that's what he's dealing with. That's where he's going. And now it has an arrow that runs right through the book. But in order to do that, I have to rewrite every single word. Damn. 24,000 words have to be completely rewritten because it changes everything. Everything. You know, the, the things that I can do still that are there, but there are certain things where I'm like, that doesn't make sense anymore. I can't do that anymore. And the thing that's, that's just crushing about it is number one, the amount of fucking work that's going to be. And it's, it's also, I know that doing this thing is the only way that's going to make this book work. So I have, I have two choices in front of me. I can quit. No, three choices, I guess. I can, I can stick with the story the way it is and have a book that doesn't work. I can fix it or I could give up. Mm. That's it. Those are the only choices I have. Sure. And I, I did two scenes yesterday and I was like, I'm spent. <laughs> so hard. It's so hard because it's so, it's daunting, especially when it's shit you've ever already written. And this book has been around. I've been working on this book for so long that I've rewritten the further back you go in the book towards the beginning, the more things have been rewritten. The more you go to the the later part of the book, the less things have been rewritten. So I'm starting with the stuff that I've written and rewritten probably 20 or 30 times. Already. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> and it's going to get easier as I go through the book because there's like scenes that I still haven't written and stuff that I only have rough drafts on. So it's not going to be a big deal rewriting those. But I have to go chronologically because now that that logic has this logic of this idea that I have has to run through the whole novel. I have to know how it runs through chronologically because what happened, what changes in scene two probably affects what happens in scene six and scene seven and scene 42. And you know what I mean? Sure. So I have to go through the worst part of it first. That sounds awful. I mean, the first, um, I'm not exaggerating, the first page, which you've re- read a draft of before, I've edited 40 times. Oh, my God. 41 now. <laughs> that sounds so exhausting. Like, I mean I, I mean, I know how meticulous you are about this thing, too. So that cannot be an easy process. It's brutal. And I'm not going to, and even though, like, we just had that whole thing where we were talking about all of that, I'm not being brave in the face of this at all. I'm being a complete coward in the face of this. I did a little bit and I didn't do shit on it today. It it just, you know, you're talking about emotional exhaustion. Just thinking about it makes me feel that way. <laughs> it really does. It's so, I, I'm so jealous of people who get the shit uh, on their book done right the first time. Like all of the, all of the advice that people give about writing a book, they're fucking right. <laughs> I hate to say it, like, know your story first. Mm. If you don't know your story first, don't start writing the book. Don't bother. Then after you have your story, write your plot. And until you have your plot set, don't write any scenes. And then after you have your plot, write your characters. Know your characters. Don't write anything else. And then when you have those three things done, then start writing the fucking book. Look at that. There is some logic in this shit. Well, you have... 
if, the only reason you do that is not because you can't write a book the other way. It's because if you do it the way I did it, you're just going to be kicking yourself in the dick for fucking seven years. Well, it reminds me of one of my favorite directors, um, Wong Kar Wai. And he's famous for directing that way. And it's the reason why his projects take way too long and go massively over budget. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. Oh, my God. Just thinking about having to type things where you're like, oh. Like I like, for example, I'll give you a, a one example. This seems like such a silly thing, but it's so petty that it seems like it's not even worth time to do the work. <laughs> but because of the change in the plot, the readers do not know the name of the main character for a few scenes. Hmm. So I have to go in to those scenes and change his name where it says his name to the man and he. Oh, man. <laughs> Just that little bit of work. That's annoying. I mean, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> oh, and then there's a tendency when you're going through this to fix your writing, too. Oh, like, of course, of course. Yeah, you can't read it without editing it because you um, have the option to do it. Let me change this sentence now. Okay. And then, you know, two hours go by and you're like, mm, I edited seven paragraphs. Good for yeah. me. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. Just awful. Jeez. It's going to be a fun journey. I have it in front of me right now. Let's see. That's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, uh, 45 scenes or more. Oh, God. Oh, oh, sorry. I, I had them collapsed. Sorry. Make that 106 scenes. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my life. Yeah. Um, originally, my my goal was to have the manuscript of this done last year for my right before my birthday mm -hmm. and i was like well i didn't do it last year i'll do it <laughs> i don't know if that's gonna happen for before the end of august well because you're essentially re starting from scratch in a weird kind of way yeah and, and, and not only that not only are you starting from scratch you're starting from you're starting from behind scratch yeah starting from scratch would be easier yeah sure because i have to i have to value i have to value judge everything in every scene now Yep. Where I go, is it, can I keep this? Do I want to keep this? You know, all those questions that you have to go through. It's going to be a fun, fun time, but I want this fucking, I like this book a lot. Mm. I can't say love right now because I'm so emotionally bereft about it, but I like this book a lot and I really want to finish it. So Jeez. I have to do that, but I, I might have to just make a deal with myself where it's like, just do one scene a day. Uh, yeah, that's a good impulse. Still less than a year away, right? Just for the manuscript. That's all I'm worried about. Yeah, 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 yeah sure. My manuscript's going to be pretty fucking solid, I think, because there's been a lot of editing done already. But then having the, the story set, I think it'll be a pretty solid manuscript. So I don't think I'll have to go through as many draft edits once I get through the manuscript. How, do you think you could plausibly do a scene a day? Yeah. Oh, easily. Okay. Easily. Yeah, there you go. It's just, you know, it's like what you were saying about uh, about coming home and exhausted. You know, it's like, I can feasibly do it. The question is, will I? Sure. <laughs> sure. That's always the question, isn't it? But the thing, that's the weird thing is like the, the podcasting, it doesn't, 
that shit doesn't phase me at all. And that's why I go back, go back to where I was talking in the beginning, where I was like, I would put myself as a podcaster over a writer now because it takes me willpower to do this. Mm. But the podcasting takes very little willpower. It's just, I can, I mean, I recorded a 40, 45 minute episode last night and then I left it. I don't edit the same day anymore. I always leave it so I can hear it. I got up in the morning and I listened to it. I'm like, nope. And I deleted the whole thing. Whoa. Really? It wasn't good. Huh. It was it was just the first the first solo one that I did in, in the place of the episode that you and I didn't record last week. That one all came out one piece. That that episode, that's one take. All I did was turn on the microphone, that's what came out. I put on the intro, put on the outro, done. Wow. This one I had spurts but because it went in spurts of what I was talking about it wasn't cohesive and it just it, it didn't work mm. and may, I don't know maybe this cold was starting to kick in last night and my brain wasn't fully firing on all cylinders or maybe it was just a shitty episode I don't know but that's part of you know doing the thing every day now is having to be able to be that brutally honest with myself where it's like mm, sucks get rid of it yeah sure or it's, you know, I, I would do It Sucks, Get Rid of It for the podcast, for, for random badassery. If it's for Patreon, I would put it up mm. and say, sometimes I make shitty episodes because it's not about perfection for the patrons, right? Sure. It's, it's about consistency and showing up and, and doing those things because I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to win anything from those people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like with, with the podcast, we want to get more listeners. So putting up a shitty episode hurts us. But putting, you know, obviously like shitty is subjective, but you know what I mean? Like if I put up one that I didn't have faith in, it could feasibly hurt us. Yeah, sure. Whereas doing that on Patreon, the people or patrons that go, ah, I didn't like that one. They'll just listen to the next one. Because if they're willing to support me on Patreon, then they're willing to understand that sometimes I'm going to put out an episode that maybe isn't amazing, but it's there and I'm doing it at work and I'm showing up and that I'm showing them a side of myself that you can't get in the podcast. Well, you're validating the contract that you have with your listener or right. your patron and, in that sense. Yeah. And it's, it's Patreon can be, it doesn't have to be a behind the scenes, right? You know, peek behind the curtain. So sometimes when I put up, you know, an episode that's not that great, but like, you know, hey, here's what it's like behind the curtain. Sure. Sometimes my brain doesn't work that well. <laughs> I, I give the I give the impression of something differently in the podcast because I don't put out shit that I think sucks. But here you get to see what it's like when I suck. And I don't plan on making shitty stuff for Patreon, even though <laughs> maybe after saying that it sounds like it. But what I mean is I don't feel that pressure. And they're shorter episodes. If I fuck up on a five-minute episode, 11-minute episode for Patreon, I can just re-record it. Sure. So it's, it's an interesting dichotomy between the yeah, two. Yeah, that is, that is really different. And I think that's probably where I don't quite understand it yet is that I don't, I don't understand the difference for me. Well, yeah, you have to understand it for you. But it's also a matter of you're still caught in the public mindset for Patreon, but it's not public. You have to look at Patreon as a private group. Mm -hmm. These are trusted people. Why are they trusted people? Because they care enough about what you create to support you financially. Yeah, sure. 
So that's a private group. So you're sharing something with them in, in a level of intimacy that's very different than what you do for the public. And mm. it, that's why if you can wrap your head around that, it's really fucking easy to do Patreon. Because with Patreon, there is, there's literally no rules. You know, like I came in here to play the piano and uh, I fucked up and then I laughed for five minutes. Of As a Patreon supporter, that's something I applaud. I would love to see that. Not every time you record. <laughs> but, <laughs> but every once in a while, of course. You know, it's like the you said about the sunflower seeds. Let me see you eating the sunflower seeds out of a paper or and spinning in a paper cup. That's the, the roundedness. It's so strange to me that, especially people I, I I work with or care about who know that I do these other, at least to me, are seemingly cool or kick-ass things. And one of the things that they, the things that they want to know about me or the things that they care to know about me are the things like that, you know, that I really like lime jello um, or, or that, you know, I, I have to put on my shoes a certain way um, or that right. I don't like a certain sound. It's really weird to me. Right. And those are those things too are great things. You know, like you don't have to do just one thing on Patreon. You know, you want to do a video where you're eating lime jello and just look up and go, guess what? I love lime jello. That's a short little thing you can do on a Monday with your phone mm-hmm. and then boom, put it up on Patreon. I showed up. Interesting. Ugh. All right. I gotta I gotta rethink this whole thing. It's I think the reason that that I got very passionate about it is because you're making it out to be far more difficult than it is. It's not a difficult thing. It's a very easy thing because you're in control. Sure. And people, you know, we think like Instagram and all that shit, we're in control. We're not in control. We have to post a picture that looks like this and that, that it looks like this and it's, it's posted during this time and all of this shit in order to get the likes. You know, there are rules to that. Patreon mm-hmm. doesn't have that. You're going, I'm coming here and I'm going to do what I want. And if you want to see what I want to do, then support me. Sure. And if they show up, they showed up to see you do things by your rules. That's the easiest fucking thing in the world. Sure. Hmm. It's just wrapping your head around that. Yeah. Which is, which is the next step of the journey for me is I got to wrap my head around that. It's your playground. You got to have fun and just fucking enjoy it. I don't enjoy much these days. I know that's a really emo thing to say, but I got to figure out how to enjoy the things that I do again. Like a lot of these things I do out of sheer force of will, you know, like piano and like yeah, don't political stuff. And No, I know. I know. I, I, I realize I realize that I can't rely on that willpower forever. Well, willpower uh, is it's, it's worthless in the sense that it's, it's not a renewable resource. You know, when you no, run out of no, it, I, I, out I, of I, it. I, I get that. I get that. But no, I'm saying for the listeners. Oh, okay. Um, yes, people are still listening, Lamb. I hope. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't even care anymore. Um, but you know, for for me, I, I I have to push myself past because otherwise, I would just curl into a little ball and 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 disappear into the world. Um, but I have to keep doing things. I have to because I will find the joy in them again. I know that I will. I just have to push myself to that. Right, and a lot of that comes with play. You know, just playing around. Screwing around. That's, sure. That's, I think that's, that's why the Patreon clicks so much for me. Because 
you know, I have all, you know, what I want to talk about was an old show, a podcast that I dropped the ball on. Um, Technical Ramblings is a show I dropped the ball on twice. Um, I'm trying to look at my board. Pants in the Chair, my novel writing thing. That was something I dropped the ball on. Why did I drop the ball on them? Because they were in the public realm. And I felt that I had to record an episode every week for those things. And I didn't have the time to. And I dropped the ball because this was my priority. This show. Mm, sure. Now that it's for Patreon, I go, ah, you know what? I feel like recording a Technical Ramblings episode this week. So I record one. Might be three weeks, four weeks before I get back to Technical Ramblings. But in the meantime, I might hit what I want to talk about. Pants in the Chair. Deboxed with the new the other new show that I'm doing. Like I can just jump around and do whatever I want because I set the rules there. And it's fun because I'm just doing whatever the fuck I want. Hmm. Okay. That's I mean, that's what I did this week, actually. I recorded one episode of all three of the old shows. Wow, that's weird. I did a what I want to talk about episode. I did a pants in the chair episode today, right before we recorded. And I did a technical ramblings episode like last Thursday or last Friday. And it was great. Hmm. That's the game. I'm curious to see what Tom's going to do. Yeah. I, I mean, he's a musician, so I mean, I assume it's going to be something musical, but you never know. It could be. Animals. Well. Did you know yeah. that? I knew that he did it. I've never read anything that he's ever written. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see. That's in Tom and I talked about it in our last episode. That what you and I had talked about that this Patreon thing. This is going to be an ongoing conversation in the show. Sure, not maybe as long as we did today, but or even every week. It's just every once in a while. I mean, we're always going to plug whatever new stuff we put out because we're proud of what we're doing. But, you know, to talk about the process, I think it's really, it's really going to be interesting to hear three people talking about what it's like to build a Patreon, to like build an audience and to like today's conversation, what it's like to get into the mindset of even doing it. Nobody's, I don't think anybody's talking about that shit out there. Yeah, no, not, at, I, not that I can think of. I haven't seen anything like that. And it's uh, the fact that I'm interested in it is in you're interested in it, you know, obviously, because we just talked about it for probably an hour. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's, it's good enough reason for us to do it alone. But for the audience to listen, yeah, we'll see how the journey goes. That's, I'm fascinated with journeys as far, as far as content. You know, I don't want to hear the, the show that starts out perfect. I want to hear how, you know, they, they fucking sucked and then they got better and they got better. You know, you don't watch a sports movie, you know, football movie or whatever, because the team's fucking good when the movie starts. They're always shitty when the movie starts. Well, I feel like I, the the more interesting thing moving forward about this too is that in our own ways, the, the conversation about Patreon isn't going to be about Patreon at all. Um, it's going to be about what Patreon represents in our respective lives and how we how we deal with those respective things in our respective lives. You know, at least I know that's what it's going to be like for me. You know, like I know, I know for me that that coming to terms with being on Patreon and doing the things for Patreon means that I've reached a very specific level in what I feel to be my emotional journey through all of the difficult things that I've had to deal with. And once I'm completely comfortable with 
having a Patreon and having that interaction with my patrons, then I, I feel like I've reached a very specific turning point. There's so many things that come out of, you know, like that it doesn't just end with in, like this conversation or whatever, like, okay, Lamb has Patreon, the end of the conversation. There's the, what does it feel like to make content for three months only having two patrons? Mm-hmm. Like not, not being able to add patrons. What's that feel like? Um, you know, all of that stuff is so fascinating because we don't know. Sure. We haven't gone through it yet. I like that. I like that. I mean, the thing, I mean, when you really look at it, I as you were saying what you were saying, it hit me. And this is hilarious. But it's not, you said it's not really about Patreon. You're right. It's not really about Patreon. You know what it's about? Mm. Creativity. Sure. And the reason that's hilarious is because that used to be what the show was about. Uh, so creativity has creeped its way back into the show. As we knew it would eventually, or at least I suspected that it would. And not as, and, and that's, that's probably one of the big problems we made when we made that change is we focused it only on that. We were trying to be like a niche. It's something that comes up and it's something that's going to be part of the show, but so is everything else that comes up here. Except sure. maybe politics. We should probably never do that again. <laughs> that was that was our lowest rated episode of all time. I didn't even know that. To be honest with you, though, I don't really care. I'll keep talking about it. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I'm spent on it right now. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering that the um, the debates were just tonight, too, that's even more exhausting. I, I, I honestly am just... Considering how neck deep I'm in on all of this political stuff, I'm even exhausted by it at this point. So I need a break from it for like a day. Well, I think I think maybe not talking about hair is good because then you can just channel it into your Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea, and not let it bleed into hair anymore. Sure. Uh, yeah, that we definitely. I'm pretty sure it was me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like I I I didn't want to call you out on that, but I'm fairly certain that you're the one that brings it up. No, no, I mean I'm I'm pretty certain that I'm the one that no you you definitely brought that one up. Really? Did I? Yeah, because you said that you you just got back from going to the thing and you started talking about the speeches and oh 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 cool. yeah yeah okay it was on yep. fire and then yep. So yep. what yep. I was saying was I'm pretty sure that it was my opinions that pissed people off. <laughs> oh, I see. I got you. Uh, because I am, if anything, I am an antagonizer. <laughs> yeah, well, that much is certain. I kicked the hornet's nest. That used to be in the description of the show at one point. I mean, if if anybody, and everybody, by the way, needs that person in their life. Like, I don't think there's anyone I know that would have been as brutally honest with me about Patreon as you have been with me for the last hour. Like, you would not give me, you wouldn't give me the out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like, I feel like too many people give their friends outs on not just being creative or being, you know, but like being happy or being a good friend or being a good person or being a good significant other or a good brother or sister, mother, father, whatever the heck it is. I feel like too many people give too many other people outs on that. And I'm trying actively not to do that with the people I really care about anymore. Because if you're going to serve any function in a person's life that you care about, why not let it be the truth? Well, you know what happens when you don't do that? Is you end up talking shit about the person either in your head or behind their back. Yeah. Because those feelings that you have about mm-hmm. what they're doing or what they're saying, they're going to come out somewhere else. Sure. So you might as well fucking say them to the person. You know, the, you know, it's not like I, I insulted you or anything. I said it in the kindest way possible while yeah. still pushing you as hard as I could. Sure. You know, and I think people confuse that with being an asshole. 
but it's no, not. It's not. Yeah, I, no, I feel like I like I've had two very honest conversations with two really good friends of mine this week um, about what their roles are in their respective lives and where they think they're going with their futures and stuff like that. And I, I got to be really brutally honest. And both of them, um, I feel like our relationships became closer because of that. Right, and I think that that's maybe that's part of the the deception of why people think it's being an asshole is because we say things like brutally honest, like oh, that sounds painful. Maybe it is painful, but it's not cruel. No, it's not at all. Being cruel is entirely different. Yeah, being cruel is being an asshole. Yeah, sure. And if anybody knows anything about the show, we hate assholes. Yeah, even though we kind of are some. No, you know what? I don't think we are. I gotta stop. I I gotta stop doing that. Um, I I I often lead with that because when I when I'm being honest with someone, I feel like I'm being brutal, and that's not true. And so sometimes I'll say, forgive me for being an asshole, but, or something like that. Like, I don't mean to sound like a it's dick, a but I want to, it's totally defense mechanism. I got to stop fucking doing that. Yeah, What you should be saying is, excuse me if my words are clumsy and they hurt your feelings. That's not my intention. Yeah. That's a way better way of putting that. Sure. Yeah. I do the same. I used to do the same thing all the time. I used to tell people I'm an asshole and then people would argue with me. They're like, no, you're not. I've said that oh, to yeah, you. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I've said that to you more than once, me. actually. Yeah, totally. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, re- remember conversations I've had with you where I'm like, no, you're not an asshole, dude. You're just honest. And argumentative. Yeah, that's different definitely. though. Being being argumentative and being a dickhead are two entirely different things. They can sometimes be the same thing, but they're not inherently the same thing. Exactly. Um, by the way, I, I because of the Patreon thing, I dialed in our description to include that of the show. Description of the show is now... Full of bad jokes, nuance, sloppy philosophy, weird obsessions, and unpopular ideas. Chad Hall, Lam Wen, Thomas Woodrum, and sometimes guests muddle their way. I changed the word to muddle. I like that. Muddle their way through complex issues, feed their creativity, outwit the robot overlords, grow Patreon accounts, <laughs> burp, pay bills, and look for better ways to do everything. Intended to make you think, guaranteed to inferior. Okay, the reason I read this now, there's a few things in there I wanted, I wanted to touch on. Uh, muddle was one of them. I just, I really like that word. It's a good word, yeah. Um, burp. Why did I add burp? Because I feel like people need fair warning that there will be burping in these episodes. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> well, I mean, it's literally happened every episode for the last year. Yeah. So, and then, but the one that I really, uh, the, my favorite part of this is I didn't know how to end it and then look for better ways to do everything. And I thought that covered really well the conversations that we have about so many things sure is that we're always literally looking for a better way you know like even back when we used to talk about like I switch from this note app to this note app and now i'm using this note app that was us looking for a better way yeah and i don't and i don't think there's a single thing that we talk about in which that is at least not some part of it right I mean, when, when we talk about politics, what are we arguing about? A better way. Yeah. Interesting, huh? Yeah, that is interesting. I never really thought of it that way. Like even when we're having this hour-long, almost badgery discussion about Patreon, it's about you helping me to see a better way past my my pain and fight for my happiness. It's it's weird how... That's, that's the gift of writing. Um, I don't mean my gift. I mean the gift that writing gives us is that sometimes sitting down to put words to something, or in this case as well, conversations, putting words to something, sometimes it 
puts you in the place where you you find the words that make something click. Mm. You know, like I I I didn't have the full understanding of what that meant until after I wrote it. Sure. And after I wrote it, I'm like, oh yes, that is that's it. That's wow, that's fantastic. And that's why I will always have a love for writing. Because hmm. sometimes it stumbles me into realizations. Do you think you find more profound realizations in you writing yourself or reading other people's writing? Both. Hmm. Um, there's different realizations. Sure. I like my favorite thing recently, I shouldn't say favorite, but something I've been enjoying recently is reading self help books, but allowing myself, uh, sorry, listening to self help books, not reading audiobooks while I'm walking. And allow myself to space out and actually not pay attention to the book 100%. Huh. And then making the book work. Like, hey, if you want my attention, you got to grab me. And allow... Uh, I see. So not trying to walk out of the book going, I remember all of it. Just telling myself, as long as I walk out of that book, remembering one part that connected with me, cool. And that's why I don't... That's why the, the self-help books are particularly interesting because... There are people that are trying to solve problems, right? You could say, if, if we want to connect this, there are people who say that they're helping you look for a better way. Um, so that's that's it's literally chock full of that kind of stuff. But it's also chock full of fucking examples. <laughs> Reiterating points over and over again. It's chock full of shit that you've read in other books by other self-help people where they're repeating the same advice. But every book has at least one thing where I'm walking and I'm just kind of spacing out. And then all of a sudden I go, hmm, that's like, an interesting huh. thought. Sure. And then that's, that's, and that's what I pull out of it. I go, what did I get out of that book? This one thing. If you can get one thing out of a book, that's pretty great. Yeah, that's a pretty solid book. So, I mean, the, that's, that's a, a freedom that I've, that I've discovered recently. I think I, I approached books with the responsibility of like a scholar or, you know, what I thought was a scholar. It's just, I have to absorb this whole book and understand everything in it. Eh. Maybe with a novel, you got to pay more attention because, you know, pay attention to chapter three. It might not make sense so much later. <laughs> but with, with like self-help books, come on, fucking space out. Even like certain nonfiction books, whatever. So you didn't get chapter one through seven because you were spacing out. But chapter eight was really fucking interesting. Cool. Man, I would have to like teach myself how to do that. It's like, hard. Did you, did you find that really difficult? I assume you found that difficult at first considering the type of reader that you are normally. It, it, it happened because of audiobooks. Once I started allowing myself to listen to audiobooks, because I would avoid... When I... Uh, I've mentioned many, 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 many times on this show how I used to listen to audiobooks and read the ebook at the same time. Yep. I'm talking about just listening to audiobooks. Once I went back to just listening to audiobooks, I realized I space out all the time because I'm walking, I'm doing other shit. I'm not like sitting wrapped attention on the book. So I had to either accept that I'm going to have to listen to this over and over again to make sure I get everything or find this new mindset 
Mm-hmm. And it, so it, it forced itself upon me, we can say. But I definitely was not a willing participant at first. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was kicking and screaming. Interesting. But what I was just sharing this with Carlos earlier too. What I've been enjoying as well is um, not just the self-help books, but all books. I listen to some books, most books in audio while I'm walking. And then if I really like the book, then I'll buy the ebook and read it mm. so that I can like really like wrap myself into it. Sure. You know, like there's some books where they list things. And what's cool about it is I give myself permission. I'm like, oh, that's a list. And if I care about that list and I want to see that list, I have to buy the book and read it. Sure. If I don't, then whatever. It's just information that goes past me. That's What's okay. the last book you did that with? Uh, what are, what are, I'm, I'm doing it right now with... Actually, let me clarify. What do you mean did that with? Did where, with? where you got you listened to the audiobook, really liked it, and then went back with, and got the ebook. Okay. Okay. That's what I, I, I was going to answer a different question. So I'm glad I asked for clarification. Um, the last one was... Uh, what is it called? It's by Rebecca Solnick. I can't remember the name of the... Let me open my app and remember what the hell the book's called. I can't believe I'm blanking on it because it's probably my favorite book I've read this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the feel, A Field Guide to Getting Lost by Rebecca Solnick. That one, to the point, I liked that book so much that I listened to the audiobook. I liked it so much that I... I bought the ebook and started reading it. And on top of that, I made a list of all of the books that she references in there, wanting to read all the books that she referenced Jeez. so that I can read it again with the same knowledge that she had when she wrote it. Hmm. Interesting. It's a wonderful book. It's, it's essentially a collection of essays, but they're all connected by the idea of getting lost, whether it is getting physically lost, um, getting emotionally lost, um, walking, um, all of these, it's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful what's, it, what's it called again? A field guide to getting lost. Okay. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. I'm, I'm very curious about that for many reasons. Yeah. It's, I would, I would recommend everybody listen to it, um, first. And then if you fall in love with it, like I did, then read it. Let me ask you this. How are you consuming, um, audiobooks these days? I'm still, um, I'm doing a hybrid. I'm still working through all of the shit that I already bought on Audible that I haven't heard before. Because mm-hmm. as I've said a few times before, I'm not buying from them anymore. Which is funny. They sent me an email today trying to give me a $5 credit. I'm like, mm-hmm. mm, is it me? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but when I buy new ones, I buy them in Apple Books now. Got which it. sometimes, okay. unfortunately, sometimes is through Audible, but can't be helped. Yep. Not really anybody else out there other than those two, so... As far as audiobooks, unless I want to become a pirate, which I don't. Yeah, it's too much work. I was I tried to do that for a little bit, and it's just too much, man. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. It's not yep. fucking worth it. Not gonna do it. Yeah. So yeah, I've been working through, but I've also been playing around with that Naval Ravikant thing and allowing myself to jump from book to book to book. There's usually one that I'm more interested in that I usually plow through pretty well, mm-hmm. but not giving up on other books, just like jumping in. Like I've got, I'm looking at the, just in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books that are open just in Apple books that I'm jumping between 
And then in Audible, this is going to make things really embarrassing. <laughs> so let's add from eight, nine, ten. Oops, got a filter. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, sixteen. Oh 16 my books god! On in between. That is so much. It's not though, because. I'm not trying to carry a thread. It's just like, oh, that I, I I'm interested in going back to that book right now. It's think about like watching television shows. You know what I mean? Like, sure, there are people that go, I'm going to watch all of Jessica Jones right now, and that's the only thing they want to watch. If they turn on the TV, all they watch is Jessica Jones until it's over. Most people don't do that. Most I do. People, <laughs> most people don't, though. Most yeah, people no, turn I agree. on TV and they go, sure. I'm going to watch an episode of Jessica Jones. Now I th- I'm going to watch an episode of Friends. You know what I'm going to watch now? I'm going to watch a movie. You know what else? And then after that, I'm going to watch an episode of Red Dwarf. That's yeah. exactly what I'm doing with those books. Uh, yeah, I love continuously watching one show. I've been enjoying it with television shows and going the opposite way with, with, with books. Mm. I said with three times there. With, with, with. With, 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 with. Yeah. Um, what do you, I mean, I don't want to go into depth because people probably don't want to hear us go into depth on media, but a list of what are you, what are you watching and, and reading right now? Um, I am watching the third season of Handmaid's Tale, um, which, by the way, um, is the best of the three seasons, and that's saying something considering how much I liked the first season and second season um although second season at least to me was not as good as the first season the third season blows both of them out of the water by far um what i'm listening to is arcane roots and old thrice um i i miss kicking ass man and that's i don't know why but i I have this strong impulse for rock music right now so a lot of our friends are too i was having a conversation with eric about this uh, the other day just feel like kicking ass I know that sounds weird, but I, I feel this like this visceral, youthful energy um, when it comes to music right now. I and, know those goods um, too, so I know what you mean. And I'm going to be, uh, I, I'm dreading it, but I'm also really happy about it at the same time. It's a very odd feeling. Um, I'm about to reread uh, Wind Up Bird Chronicle. Mm, that should be fun. Yeah, I know. I haven't read it in a long time. I didn't realize that. I haven't read it in almost 10 years. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's been a while. Like I, re- I read it two years before John was living in my house. Remember that? Yeah. Wow. That's how, that's how long ago it was. <laughs> Holy shit. That was eight years ago? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Oh, man. Yeah, I've been... I mean, as far as watching, I've been oscillating between three shows. And I don't mean the same night, but uh, I've been... I was trying to go through the, the most two recent seasons of Red Dwarf, which is why it came up. But then... I have the beta on the Apple TV, the new Apple TV OS, mm-hmm. and the BritBox app where I'm watching the Red Dwarf <laughs> doesn't work on the beta yet. So <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I'll come back to that later. Huh. Um, and then I've, I've, there's a British TV show that I've been really powering through this one. This is my main focus show right now. The, oh, by the way, the third show is I'm still filtering through some Golden Girls episodes. Actually, there's four shows. But the main one that my focus was on is on is called Midsummer Murders, and it's basically it's really hard to describe. It's basically a British hybrid between like a Law and Order 
and Murder, She Wrote. Huh. Because it takes place in like a small area of villages, kind of like, you know, like Murder, She Wrote took place in like that, that place. And because it's such an old show, there's like a... I don't remember how many seasons. More than 14 seasons. There's a shitload of seasons. There's 100, 100 something episodes, which means there's only like six episodes a season because it's a British show. But um, it, when you start, it kind of looks like the Murder, She Wrote era of filming and the fashion and all that. But it, it's grisly. Not super grisly, but it's far more grisly than that because that show is kind of a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, this is more like on the lines of Law & Order. It's really good because it's so... It it's really refreshing because it's just two cops and you don't get any of the, like the cop drama, you know, like we're like at the station house, the captain's the only, I think it's like the fifth or sixth season before you even see the station house. Like they don't even go there in the show. What the hell is this show about? They're just going to the crime scene. So you see them at the crime scene, then you see them going around talking to witnesses and stuff like that. Huh. Like, it's it's really entertaining. I really like it. It's a really well done show. And then the fourth, the, the other show that I was, I said four shows. I've also been working my way through. This is going to be a long, long journey. But I'm working my way through One Piece, the, the anime, which is I think over 900 episodes. Oh my god! It yeah, it's been going since 1999. Whoa, really? It's, it's still on the air, by the way. Jeez. It's fantastic. It's probably I'm, I'm I think I'm like six seasons in or something like that. I would say that by the time I finish this, it'll probably be my favorite thing I've ever watched. Oh my god, that's so much! How ugh. I mean, how much how much more time do you think you need to commit before you you'll get through it? It's it's not that. But I mean, they're twenty minute episodes, really. Okay, yeah, that doesn't sound that daunting then. But you're talking about years worth of like two decades worth of episodes. You know, three decades actually at this right, point. Right, but if, if they're if they're twenty minutes, so you say you watch three a day, that's an hour. Well, that means you'll be done in less than a year. Yeah, that's true. Good point. So I mean and I've been watching it for years. I'm just like focusing on it again. And it's subtitled and all that. So you know, like there's only certain times that I can watch it because you know, if I'm doing other stuff, can't really watch it because don't speak Japanese. Speaking of random things, um, I don't know how random, random to everyone else, but not to you because you've been consuming it. But um, I, I just started watching um, Good Omens. Um, the oh, Amazon yeah. did the Amazon Prime production of the, one of my favorite Neil Gaiman books. Um, it's actually pretty damn good. Yeah, that's that's on the top of my list for when when I finish one of the ones that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. That's the next thing I'm going to. Well, plus Dave David Tennant, man, come on. Yeah, absolutely. As a demon, no less. Come on, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, with a pompadour. Oh, it's so good! It's so good, and he's he's so perfect. When you see it, you'll know what I mean. Like he 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 fits that role in a way that that only David Tennant could. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um. Oh, you know, shit. Losing my mind here. This has been this has been a very natural episode, by the way, for me. Yeah, I feel like we were just talking. Yeah, because I almost forgot to do what we do at the end of every show. Uh, we have challenges from two weeks ago. Ah. Uh, <sighs> Did you do your cover? I did not. Well, I let me. I'll. I'll, I'll try to. I'll, let me put this in terms of the process. Come back so, closer to the microphone. So I start. Let me. Let me come back to, or let me describe this in terms of the process that I tried to employ in order to figure out how to do a cover of this song properly. First thing was, 
Um, I figured out the base of the song, so all the chords. Um, and then I don't think I mentioned this in the last episode, did I? That, that I had the the concussion. I think I did. Yeah, we uh, talked about it for a little while. Okay, um, goes to show you how how much it's affecting me. So I I I've got super groggy for about a week. Um, I'm kind of still in that now, where I. I'm, I, this is my fifth cup of coffee, which is the reason why I can even do this episode at any normal speed. But my brain has been probably at about 30 to 40% of its normal speed. Um, so I had such a frustrating time trying to fight my way through figuring out that cover that it's only about half done. And so to be will, clear, it's not an easy song to transition to a piano cover. Exactly. Um, but, I, but I'm really fascinated by the process of doing it. So I will complete it, but it's not done yet. And my challenge was to use my left hand more. I did. Um, I'd like to continue that challenge. I'm not going to do that in lieu of my new challenge, but I'm saying um, I'm enjoying the process of doing that. I'm going to continue doing that. I forget a lot to do it. Mm. Um, I said what it was, right? Use my left hand more. Yes, 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 yes. You did. Making sure. I'm like, oh, maybe I didn't say that. Um. So new challenges. Oh, I haven't thought of one. I hate to say it, but I'm 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 doing a similar challenge to the previous challenge, but it's only because I really, really want to do it. Um I would like to figure out and play and record a cover of Willie Nelson's Are You Sure? Are you sure? Are are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> It's such a gut-wrenching and beautiful song. It's two minutes and 40 seconds of some of the most poignant and perfect lyrical songwriting you'll ever see. I think those should be your two first Patreon posts. Yeah, probably. And uh, what a weird juxtaposition. Wham and Willie Nelson back-to-back. Yeah, WW. Oh, yep. Oh, challenge. Shit. What is my challenge going to be? Mm, um, you know what my challenge is going to be? Actually, um, in thinking of doing the solo episodes, I have a pretty good idea mm-hmm. of what I want to do with them. At first, I thought I was going to try to do what I do in these episodes just by myself. You know, like, oh, this this didn't come up in the episodes with Lamb or Tom, so I'll just talk about it with the audience. It doesn't really work that well when there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I figure I just <laughs> say my piece about it, but then once I say my piece about it, I'm like, there's really no transition to the next thing because usually the transition would be now you say your response to that. And then if we go on too long, then we can be like, okay, moving on to the next thing. And that makes sense. But if you're the only person there and you say something, you go, okay, now moving on to the next thing. That doesn't really work. <laughs> I kind of, there's something that I really want to do with the two of you guys too, at some point. Um, Sorry, this is kind of derailing what you're saying, but I really got to get this out. Um, I I would like to share... I would like us all to share a song with each other and then talk about how we feel about the song. You mean like somebody... Like a, a recorded song, not like something we wrote, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a recorded song. Like I'll share a song with you and Tom and then we, we can talk about how all of our reactions are to that particular song. Mm, I like that. We could use the We can use our text message group for that. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Oh, hold on. We have action items that we didn't do either. So let me add that to an action item. Share songs. I dig that. I like that. My challenge... What the heck? My challenge in... Oh, going back to in lieu of realizing that... In lieu of... I'm not sure that's the right usage of it. 
<laughs> not like not in likely the place of, not in the place of because of that realization i've had to think about okay so what structure can i do and what do i want to do and i have an idea and i, I don't really it's it's an it's a embryonic or um yeah embryonic's fine it's an embryonic stage right now so it could completely change but i'm thinking what would be very interesting is to take a topic, no, topic is not the right word, but like I will say a, a certain thing that could be a topic, could be a keyword, you know, like um, being afraid of the dark. Say I run across a an article in a magazine about someone, someone famous having been afraid of the dark. Oh, that's an interesting story. Taking that into the episode... And then connecting that with other cases of that that I've run across in my reading or in research. And then maybe my own personal experience with having been afraid of the dark or not being afraid of the dark or having heard someone tell me about when they were afraid of the dark. So taking a topic and just kind of like expanding on it, um, which sounds like such a generic description. I don't know how to word this, but... It almost sounds like a news of the weird and you're the commentator. Well, no, it's more like, um, like what would be an interesting thing that you would like to hear someone talk about on a podcast? Just name any topic. I would like to know what my heroes eat. Okay, so what we eat. Uh, see, that's more of like a research one you said there, but like what we eat. So maybe I could start an episode off with me saying, talking about how when I was blah, 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 my dad used to take me to Mexican restaurants and I would always eat the burrito first and then the beans and the rice later, but I would never really ever finish the beans and rice and he would get mad at me and always ask me why I would eat the burrito first. And I said, because the burrito is what you paid for. The beans and rice came free. Hmm. So I would start with that. And then I would go, you know, like Nietzsche was obsessed with eating corn, blah, blah, blah. And then try to connect all those things into one story about what we eat. Sure. But not going in with this stuff written, just going, having a piece of paper in front of me that says, dad and burrito, Nietzsche, corn, um, blah, blah, blah. And then just ad-libbing the rest of it. So Interesting. So that it's natural and it feels like just like this feels like. Sure. But at least having talking points that I'm not, that's the problem I have with the episode that I scrapped. I was rambling because yeah, sure. I had no idea where I was going. Got it. So at least this gives you some, some underlining, some underlying thread or a linear path that you can walk on. So that I can feel comfortable knowing that where I end up in the end of the episode is still connected to where I started. Sure. You know, it's like, okay, that's what this episode was about done. Um, and for the people listening, I've put a challenge to Lamb and to Tom them both being musicians to make music underneath. So I record an episode one week, Lamb plays the, the piano underneath of it. The next week, Tom plays guitar underneath of it. So on and so forth. We'll see how it works out. We don't know. It's all an experiment. That's going to be fun. Actually, I'm actually really looking forward to doing that, by the way. I thought that was a really fun challenge for you guys so that, you know, you might not be talking on those episodes, but you're still participating in the show. And and a great way for you guys to plug your Patreon too. <laughs> it might it, it might end uh, one episode. I might end, I I almost want to play instruments I don't play. <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want, like bongos or a violin or something. 
as long as it fits it, I don't care. Um, but the reason I bring that up with the challenge, my challenge in in realizing that is what I need to do is I need to have a collection of material already available to me, right? Yeah, sure. So the other stuff is going to require research and you know going through note cards and stuff that I have. But as far as personal stories, I need to start writing down not necessarily the whole story, but just remember the one time when you were at camp and this happened. You remember blah, blah, blah. So my challenge to myself is to do 50 of those. Just 50 one-sentence descriptions of interesting Mm -hmm. stories from my life that could relate somewhere by next week. Okay, so not 50 episodes. Got it. No, hell no. I was going to say, you're a madman. I would be a madman. No, just 50... 50 descriptions of stories that I could possibly use in an episode one day. Got it. 50 story descriptions. Do we have any action items that you can remember? Oh, you need to make your tears. That's one. Yep, I do. Lamb, make tears. I'm making making tears right now. Ah, you beat me to it. You're going to make tears while you make your tears. Making tears. Um, anything else? I have that and share songs. The ones that we said we were going to do on the last episode was you imitating a dinosaur completed and me posting Bohemian Rhapsody by the Muppets completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think those are our only action items. When I listen to the edits, if there are any other, I'll add them to the list. Yep, got it. And if you would like to support me on Patreon, you guys can go to patreon.com forward slash holyfoolproductions where this week I added a written piece on Charles Bukowski and dealing with the misogyny and him beating women in the in the books and what that feels like as a modern man. I added an episode of Technical Ramblings, which is about the new Dropbox and what nobody seems to get about it. I did an episode about what I wanted to, uh, of what I want to talk about, which I have no idea what I talked about because I don't remember. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I did an episode of Pants in the Chair about what it's like to be going back to the novel and having to make the changes that I described earlier in this episode. Lamb, what is your Patreon? Uh, my Patreon is patreon.com slash the vacant room. And I will be basically building it, rebuilding it, building it, rebuilding it until I feel like it's right. Um, I'm going to go back in, edit the stuff that's in there now, uh, but it's going to be predominantly music um, with occasional other smatterings of other things. Um, the two things that I'm working on for this show are probably going to be the two first pieces, but I've got a couple more that I want to throw on there as well over the next couple of weeks. And of course, you guys can support Tom as well by going to patreon.com forward slash Tom Woodrum. And to make this all really easy to you guys, if you look in the description of every episode, you'll see the words support random badassery. It's a link. Some of the players, it's green. Click it. And it's going to take you to a page on my personal website. And on there, it will have a description of all three of our Patreons with links to go to each of our Patreons. So you don't have to memorize these URLs. Um, Lamb, where can they find you online? Um, pretty much everywhere um, where there is such thing as an avatar of some kind, I can be found at The Vacant Room, uh, predominantly Instagram um, and Twitter, but I am not nearly as active on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, at The Vacant Room. And you guys can also, if you want, follow the at Random Badassery account. Uh, I said at the Random Badassery account, all one word, Random Badassery, on Instagram, which is a visual aid for the show. And it's also the place where I tend to dump stuff that I'm finding interesting to remember to talk about it in episodes. 
Well, so also, you, that, that distinction is probably important for me too. It's not at the vacant room, it's the vacant room. Right, yeah. At is, just ignore ats. <laughs> and, oh, also, we have a Twitter. There are new humans there. It is a completely automated feed. But if you want to see, you know, maybe you're not an Instagram person, but you still want to see the pictures, they're showing up on Twitter, as well as links to the episodes when they come out. And we will be posting all the Patreon stuff there too, so from all three of us. So that is all I have to say today. I am done being professional. Let's get the fuck out of here. Bye-bye, babies. Bye. Bye. <laughs>